Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath July 31st, we look at Lesson 5, Come to Me. Join us as we find out how to have Christ-filled rest according to Matthew eleven twenty-eight. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, Lesson 5, Come to Me. Very famous text, Matthew 11, verse 28, New King James Version. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Hopefully in this lesson we find that rest that we're so desperately seeking. And Michael, let's start start there with I will will give you rest, Sunday's lesson. So just kind of digging in here is this uh, beautiful passage with uh, Jesus, and he's traveling about the uh, towns and villages, performing miracles. and, and, and these towns did not repent. And it says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, um, and by the way, that's these kind of heathen villages outside of Israel, right? They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the time, in this day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you'll go down to Hades. That's pretty, that's pretty uh, (laughs) strong language there, right? It is. But Jesus didn't mince his words. For if the miracles that were performed in you had performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you, that is more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than you. Oh, my goodness. Talk about just a absolute wake-up call. Um, And... Yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty harsh there, and um, and Jesus is trying to get their attention spiritually, and um, then he says, "I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children." Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And then this famous passage that we're trying to build up to here, yes, right? Sir. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest. Mm. Um, first thing I noticed just right off the bat is, you know, um, we tend to think if we just see all of the miracles, you know, if only God does this, then suddenly I will become more spiritual and start going to church or start reading my Bible. And that's just not how God works. You yeah. know, um, God's not a like a, a vending machine yeah. that we can just um, put in the money and out comes the results. And and frankly, um, miracles. Christ is performing miracles. He is. Uh, but the greatest miracle is the transformation of the human heart. Yeah. And an outward physical miracle does not necessarily equate with an internal spiritual miracle yeah. of the heart. It doesn't mean conversion. No. I once had that conversation with a young person who's mm-hmm. thinking about leaving Adventism. And I told him, yeah. if, I asked him, I said, if the physical man- manifestation of God came in this room directly and shone and spoke to you and said, I'm not going to say his name, but said, come, come to me, right? I, I love you. And yeah. he says, well, I think it would be just a mistake in my mind. Wow. And I said, so in other words, there's no way to reach you from God if he's speaking to you. He's like, I don't think so. 
And I and then and then That's uh, sobering words. It, it it is. And the Holy Spirit I think was leading in that moment. I said, "What is it about the presence of God that you don't want?" He's like, "There's things in my life that I want to do that I know that if I allow God mm-hmm. in, I won't be able to do." Wow. And the ultimately like I, like that is the yeah. great controversy right there, right? right there. Yeah. And we're battling it. Uh wow. if we allow God in our lives, there are things that yes, it's not that we're not allowed to do, it's that we don't want to do. Yeah. And sometimes we don't want that presence in our lives because we like doing it. Yeah. And so hopefully we allow the presence of God into our lives. So I didn't mean to cut you off there, Michael. No, you're right on track here, you know, because uh, without Jesus, there is no rest. No, there um, isn't. We may search through it, uh, through power, through money, through sex, through whatever. Um, But without Jesus, um, it's going to come up meaningless and empty in the end. And... um, and uh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that if God did all the right things that would get my attention or the attention of people that I hope will come to know Christ yeah. that are in my circle, sphere of influence that I care about, right? It's true. Um, but, but yeah, sometimes it's not the divine miracles that, that do it. Um, and the, yeah, I just keep coming back to that. We need the miracle of a converted heart. You and wicked and perverse generation, right? Mercy. Blessed yeah. are those who who don't see and yet still believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on to to Monday. Take my yoke upon you. Um, help us. What, what's what's going on? You know, I, I love this. This is right after the invitation in, mm-hmm. in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, as a teacher, Michael, we learn also from our students. Uh, I section off portions of mm-hmm. of Desire of Ages and have uh, these mm-hmm. groups teach the class. Yeah. And I learned something from the students. Uh, historically, they did a lot of research on the, the chapter called The Invitation, which is uh, this very, sure. very notion. Uh-huh. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when this student actually went to the board, he drew this picture of oxen and mm. showed how they would actually farm and pull. I, it was like a visualization that came oh to goodness. me of recognizing that yeah. the yoke that went around their yeah. necks as they're pulling, mm. he says, there was oftentimes bigger, stronger oxen. Mm-hmm. But he said the important thing to know is that we need to be pulling in the same direction as God and not trying to go in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, and not trying to move away from God. Yeah. And God is saying, I will I will shoulder the load. You just need to follow me. Mm-hmm. Tra- traverse alongside of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he even brought up this word. He's a theology student. Parakletos, right? Ooh. God wants to yeah. be beside us with the Holy Spirit I walking alongside of us. Yeah. And he's saying, I will shoulder the load and the burden. You just need to be in my presence and walk alongside of me. But we're gonna we're gonna plow this land together. Plow this land together. Mm. Uh, so we're, we're we're seeing that is asking this question: What's the difference of being heavy laden and taking his yoke? Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes we think that we have to carry the weight of our, the world on our shoulders yeah. and lift and be strong. No. Yeah. When I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. When I recognize my dependence upon God, that is when I am the strongest. That is when you are the strongest. Not when you have the most knowledge, not when you you have the most scripture memorized. I know mm-hmm. plenty of people that have the scripture memorized, but it's not written in their hearts. And therefore, yeah. they're sometimes the meanest and cruelest people. Yeah. Right? God save us from, from that. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And so therefore... 
I need to actually live out the scripture. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and not, as you said, I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Michael, not just uh, reading scripture to make myself feel good, feel good or, or to bash others, yeah. but actually allowing it to transform my life. That Beautiful. is taking this heavy laden, this heavy work, this heavy load, mm-hmm. and allowing it to be easy and light mm-hmm. by saying, God, I, I depend on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, Michael, tell us a little bit more about being... Uh, or this, I am gentle and lowly in heart, which is right there, the heart of, of uh, 1130. Well, you know, just I, I, I think what you're talking about, how sometimes we get this image that, you know, the, the yoke is some burden when actually, like you said, Christ is coming right alongside of us. You know, um, I think some people think of Jesus like some kind of CEO, you know, he's up there <laughs> at the top and uh, kind of gives you your orders for the day and then come back. Uh, and, and throughout scripture, there's the message repeated that I will go with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so God just doesn't send us on orders. Um, God is sending us out on a mission with him. And, yeah. and that's, that's the difference here. It says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And uh, there's three passages here that are quite interesting. First of all is from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, and that idea of, of meekness... Um, or sometimes it's tra- uh, translated or referred to also in the context of gentleness. But this idea of, um, of to me, it, it really symbolizes uh, an attitude of submission and learning. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that you're, uh, you know, a pansy that just gets pushed over, you know, or stepped on. Uh, uh, because because Christ gives us direction to our lives, gives us, um, but it's talking about something different, a different, totally different kind of uh, understanding here, uh, where God is trying to make us like Him and to make us teachable, um, and I think that's really what this meekness is all about: mm. is, is becoming more like Jesus Amen. Himself. Um, and then there's a couple other passages here um, uh, that are referenced: First Peter three, three and four. Uh, talks about not outward adornment, wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather let it, it should be that, and this is the true beauty it's talking about, be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Amen. In other words, rather than trying to force everybody else to become more like me, um, when we see Jesus's love in our lives, we... Uh, rather uh, want to point people to Christ. We become more patient and we humble do. with one another. So instead of going around and, you know, you have to dress and act and eat exactly the same way that I do and the way I think you should, um, suddenly we say, you know what, um, the real beauty is a surrendered heart. How can I point people a little bit to, to know and encounter Christ a little bit better? Um, and when we do that, that we start becoming more patient, more more gentle in our Christianity instead of um, instead of having to uh, force things, right? And uh, finally, the one last passage here that I want to reference, 50, Isaiah 57, verse 15, mm-hmm. um, talks about this again. Uh, but those who, um, talks about the high and exalted one, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. So this is contrast of living up high, but yet low. And it says to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So um, there is, you know, I I look in the world around us. It's not hard to look into politics, especially in recent years, um, to see that there's a bombasticness, a, 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 a... 
uh, utter disregard for humility. Mm. You know, and the more that you can throw that around, the the better off kind yeah. of thing, right? And and and, and God says, I, I'm actually the opposite of that. And can you imagine? I mean, um, I don't want to call it names because <laughs> I'm trying not to be political here, but just think of some prominent politicians as of late. And the word, a meek and contrite spirit, or lowly or humble these words, how antithetical that yeah. is to um, certain politicians. And again, I'm not trying to be partisan in any way because that's not what I'm about here, but I, I, I do want to just bring the contrast that that I see in the world around well, and versus the world of Jesus. I, I'll, I'll bring it I'll bring it to the pulpit. I mean, yeah. how many complaints have I heard from just parishioners of yeah. their pastors? Oh, that yeah. haven't seen these these characteristics, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it it exists all all around, all the way around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lord help us. Lord have mercy. All right. Well, then, uh, for my yoke is easy, Buster. Um, let's un- unpack this these words just a little bit more. Well, I, I'm glad the beginning of this lesson brings up uh, a lesson here that I forgot to mention when mm-hmm. it's talking about yoke. It, yes, that's the physical manifestation of the of the oxen pulling, but the Pharisees were putting a heavy yoke upon the people. Yes. Uh, you talk about the Talmud of adding 620 laws to the to the ceremonial moral law and saying right. these are things you have to do in order to be right with God. The burden was so heavy, and Jesus saying simply, "Love, love your neighbors as you love yourself, and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, yeah. and strength." Yeah. Right? Yeah. Makes it easier, right? Mm-hmm. You now all those things they're talking about—that is the driving force behind it. That is light. But then it talks about this term easy, and it says in Matthew eleven thirty in the New, New King James Version, it can be translated as good, pleasant, uh, mm-hmm. useful, and benevolent. And so he wants his yoke, uh, the the things that he's requesting of us, to be benevolent, good, mm-hmm. and pleasing, I like it. Uh, useful towards others, not not mm-hmm. heavy handed. Yeah. Uh, then ask this question: How can we help others to discover the beauty of the law and inspire love for the lawgiver? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, intentions and motives matter. Yeah. Right? They do. If I'm trying to earn my salvation, it is going to be heavy handed because I can't do it. And the only way I can kind of do it is to prove that I can do it better than you. Yeah. And we have to give up that notion altogether and say, the reason why I do these things yeah. is because I love God because he first loved me. Love it. Right? Transformational. Yeah, it is. And that that's what the driving force behind all this is. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Ooh, I so love this passage. Says, yes. <laughs> Paul says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, mm. and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Wow. God wants to set us free from that yoke of bondage, of uh, righteousness by works, uh, faith mm. by works. Mm-hmm. or you know, I mean, yeah. A salvation by works. Mm-hmm. We are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves, lest anyone should boast. And so, therefore, if we stand in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, we don't have to be entangled with that bondage. Yeah. Right? Uh, exactly. He will transform our characters. But no, notice this. Mm-hmm. He will transform our characters. Yeah. It's not even a work of me saying, okay, God, I'm ready. Give me the hammer and chisel. I'm going to chisel away at myself and form myself into what I think I should be. No. Right. God, you have the hammer, you have the chisel. Mm-hmm. Chip away as I read your word. Yeah. Chan- transform my life as I surrender and yield myself. That that's and that's crazy. The the only job we have is to surrender our lives to God and allow him to mold us and make us and shape us. And when he asks us to do something, we do it mm-hmm. because we love him because he first loved us. 
I love it. And love so, it. Uh, Michael, tell us a bit about now our, our burden being light. Yeah, you know, um, I you know I can't help but refer to this this passage, you know, by Jesus talking about our my burden is light. Then I can't help but think of uh, Pilgrim's Progress with John oh, Bunyan, yes. the famous story where where um, Christian is is walking along and he has this terrible burden and terrible burden. And it gets bigger and more cumbersome and more awkward and it's just terrible, right? And until he finally climbs up this hill and at the top of the hill he sees the cross of Christ and his burden finally drops and rolls down the hill. Um, incredible, incredible story. And um, our burden is heavy when we don't have Jesus in our life. Yeah. You know, when we're holding on to those sins and the guilt and the pain and everything else, um, that is when our burden is heavy. But when we see the light of Christ transforming power and experience that truly, just like Christian there in the Pilgrim's Progress, that burden drops off. And um, so if we're experiencing burdens in our life, I'm not talking about trials. I'm talking about spiritual burdens now. That that heaviness, right? That that um, that comes from sin, and 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 what we need is to surrender that. And um, and when we do that, um, not only do we experience lightness, but we also work to uplift those around us. Amen. Uh, the gospel is a gospel of action. It calls us to change and to change the world around us. Uh, and, and in that sense, I believe that um, you know we can't be complacent. We cannot be complacent in the world in which we live. Yeah. I know some people are like, well, then if you start doing something, you start caring about the environment, you start caring about race uh, or um, gender discrimination, these kinds of things in our society, well, then you're just a social activist. Well, I'm a social activist, not for the sake of being a social activist. I'm, I'm a social activist because the gospel compels me. The gospel mandate. I can't do anything else because... Jesus is telling me to lighten the burdens of others around me. And that's what yeah. this is talking about here. By the way, Exodus 18 is just telling the story of delegating. We kind of went through this earlier in the Sabbath school quarterly of, of, of delegating people by hundreds and fifties and tens and what, what yes, have sir. you, all these families, this, this uh, whole process. Um, and that's how the church works. We work as a Christian faith community to lighten the burdens of those in our community. And that means not just those in our church that we like to hang out with, but those who are especially not in our church to serve our community. Yes, and um, those needs can be very diverse. I'm proud of our King Church right next door to us. You know, they're doing this uh, thing, this food bank, especially during COVID, it's been huge. Um, because people, some people have lost their jobs. Some people, there's never been a greater need. And so in the midst of that, I love that people are trying to think more creatively. I also love churches, you know, here in Texas. Some of you, I know it's hot right now. It's just been in the in the triple digits now, yes, you know. And so yes. we're really feeling that heat in the summer uh, here in Texas. But back in February, you wouldn't have known it. No. Uh, we had... <laughs> We had extreme cold. Extreme cold. And we had people freezing, pipes freezing. We're just not prepared for that. I know yeah. other parts of the country you kind of laugh at us and say we're wimps, but our houses, our infrastructure. Yeah, they're not, they're not made for it. Just not made for those uh, ridiculously cold temperatures. And you know what really impressed me, Buster, was there were some churches that said, you know what? Um, if your heat's off in your house, just come to our church. We've got the heat that's yeah. on. Just sleep on the floor, whatever. Bring a cot, bring a sleeping bag. And I love that because... That, I wonder if it might not sometimes be more effective than an evangelistic meeting because yes, sir. it says, you know what? We noticed 
that you're in pain and hurting right now. You've got... We're here to meet your needs. And we're here to help you meet those yeah. needs. And so... Christ method we, alone. Christ method alone. Making burdens lighter. So I could be as simple as opening up your church during an, a, a freezing ice storm situation in Texas. I'm not here to tell you what that looks like for you. Only the Holy Spirit can impress upon your heart. But I believe if we open our hearts to God that we will see, suddenly our eyes will be open, we'll see opportunities of how we can make a difference in the lives of those around us. And by the way, that leads us full circle to Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. So that is what we are to do. We cannot help but be anything else other than carrying each other's burdens. Mm. And that, my friends, is what the gospel is all about. Yeah. And carrying that load. And, and you know, I, I love that, that that whole chapter. You get a chance to read it uh, because he talks about, yes, we carry one of those burdens, but we're also responsible for our own as well. Right. So it's not yeah. like, oh, Michael, your your responsibility is carry my, my burden, my load. Yeah. No, I'm carrying mine and we carry each other's together. Yeah. Right. We're stronger together. And that's the part of it, which is oh, we're all responsible as we well. Are. We are. We have a sacred responsibility. So I think that puts a wrap for another week. And so this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.